Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Ever, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And this week we have a... It's kind of an insult to call it a sequel, really. This is, and I was saying to you earlier, one of the worst films that I've ever seen. But how many times have we said down here, is this actually... But, but we have watched some absolute <laughs> shite for this podcast. It's, it's weird, there's a film I have three pages of notes on, but I have oh, no idea. I don't, I don't know what was going on. It's nonsensical, it's insulting to the novel and the original film. It's awful, it's truly awful. Yeah, so you'll recall uh, two weeks ago we spoke about William Castle, and on the subject of William Castle came Rosemary's Baby, uh, a film he produced, and a film that the piece of shit Roman Polanski directed. But it is a horror masterpiece, there's no denying that. Um, you know, it's, it's amongst one, some of the greatest films of all time, uh, let alone horror films. And this is the follow-up. Look what happened to Ro- look what's happened to Rosemary's Baby. It, it's, I mean, spoiler alert, not a lot. No. Um, Fuck all. It, this was released in 1976, which is eight years, I believe, after the original was released. Um, it was released straight to TV. It's a TV film. Directed by Sam Osteen, who is the director of such classics as Sparkle, Queen of the Stardust Ballroom, uh, Best Little Girl in the World, and High Risk. Well, he was a film editor mainly, wasn't he? He was a film editor. with Roman Polanski. Yeah, um, so all the films I just mentioned are TV films as well, if you can't guess. (laughs) Um, And it's an unknown budget. Again, second week in a row film where we can't find a budget for it. Um, I mean, it, it kind of looks like a bunch of friends just decided to make a film. So probably not a big budget. It looks cheap. Um, but that sort of TV movie. Yeah, it screams TV movie. Style, yeah. So, a bit of trivia. And this is back, sorry, excuse me. So in 1976, I don't think TV was as well-renowned as it is now. No. But, I mean, there's a lot of TV films to be loved from around that time. I mean, it was only, I think, two years after this that Someone's Watch Me was released, and that's a TV film, and that's fantastic. Yeah, Salem's Lot was a TV film. Salem's Lot, you know, there there was plenty of TV films... uh, Yeah. ...that, you know, people adore, and that have become cult films now. Um, You know, uh, so it's not like they didn't have the ability to make a good film. But, you know, this happened. A uh, bit of trivia. Patty Duke uh, originally considered, was originally considered for Rosemary in the original film. Yeah, so she, she had, uh, I think, 64. She had won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. She played um, Helen Keller in uh, The Miracle Worker. And so she 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 was very young at the time. She was in her teens. So I could see that she probably was considered for Rosemary in the original. And she she just played Rosemary in this one. She, that is the right actress I'm thinking of. Yeah, Patrick, yeah. yeah. She was actually only one year older than uh, Stephen, McCaff- Stephen McAfee, who plays uh, a son. Her son, yeah. <laughs> well, that'll make more sense as this goes on. Yeah. As to, to why... 
they're pretty much the same age. Because um, they, they don't actually share a scene together, spoiler alert. Well, um, the director, as you mentioned, was an editor with who worked with Roman Polanski quite frequently. Uh, he was actually an editor on the original Rosemary's Baby. So okay. I, I, what I don't get is he's obviously, he's worked very closely with the original film. How the fuck did he go so wrong with this? It takes everything that was great in the original film yeah. and throws it out the window. It, it doesn't... Some of the elements in this, you wouldn't think it was related to the first film. No. It, it's very... Um, I mean, I say I would say over the top, but it, it's boring. It, 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 yeah, it it's, takes... None of the subtlety of the original film. You, you know, the original film... It's questioned throughout whether this is all in her mind, you know, yeah. is she is she making this all up? And then you get the big reveal at the end. So it, it, this sequel was never going to have that because we already know what's happened. Yeah. Um, but I would rather have just had a rehash of the original film than the shite that we've been given here. Well, there has been a uh, made-for-TV remake of the original with uh, Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy. Zoe Saldana. Yeah, in the, in the lead role. I don't think that was well received, if no. I'm being honest. But I bet it's better than this. <laughs> um, the only returning cast member from the original is Ruth Gordon, giving a wonderful uh, performance in this film. <laughs> well, there's an actor, there's a sequel to the novel, the Ira Levin novel. Um, I think that was called Son of Rosemary. Yeah, um, I, I has, highly doubt it has anything to do with this. It has this. nothing to do with this. Yeah, yeah. This this is completely written new. This is this somebody took whatever the fuck they took. They they had five bottles of whiskey and wrote this <laughs> shit. The uh, the film's cast includes four Oscar winners. Can you name them all? Yeah, so Ruth Gordon, she won for Best Supporting Actress for the original film, and she is fantastic in the original yeah. film. Uh, she is not fantastic in this. <laughs> uh, Broderick Crawford, who, spoiler alert, is in this film for about a minute and a half. <laughs> uh, he won Best Actor for All the King's Men. Uh, then you have... Oh, now Did you I say Patty Duke won? Patty Duke won, yeah. Yeah, Patty Duke won for The Miracle Worker. And is it Ray Milland? Mm-hmm. He won for The Lost Weekend. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, See, I know my good films. <laughs> well, we also know our bad films. Yeah, we know our bad films too. So, plot for this film, because there's not a lot of trivia, plot for this film, having been adopted by the Madam of a Southwestern Brothel. Really? Is that who she was? She was only a prosy because Ruth Gordon told us she was. Yeah, and, and it was a question. It was like, is she some sort of prostitute? She doesn't even tell us she is. No. Anyway, having been adopted by by the madam of a southwestern brothel, and now adult Adrian must cope with the fact that he's Satan's kid and not living up to his expectations. There's so much wrong with that. And we uh, start with, basically, us throughout the entire film. Dialogue. Oh, God. Oh, God, no! <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty much everyone's thoughts whilst watching this film. So we start with an empty room, and... I'm it's just, the room from the end of the first from film. From the end of the first film, and Patty Duke is doing... <laughs> Mia Farrow impression. Doing a Mia Farrow uh, impression, <laughs> you know, giving us the end of the original film. Yeah. 
uh, as a voiceover in an empty room. Um, yeah, and then we get, which we get a lot through this film, is Ruth Gordon and Ray Milland, uh, who play uh, Minnie and Roman from the original film. Um, them doing voiceover work. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're telling her to shut up with the online cards or we'll kill ya, milk or no milk. Uh, <laughs> 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 I was like, okay. We see Adrian... Lots of references to milk. In yeah, we, we, see, we see Adrian picking up an egg while people clap for him. Yes, yeah, so so, <laughs> Okay, so it cuts to a young child... Adrian, who is Rosemary's baby, and they're doing some sort of Easter egg hunt, or it looks like an Easter egg yeah. hunt, until he finds, I don't know if this is... He finds something. He finds and an egg. And they all clap for him. Yeah, he finds an egg, everyone's really pleased, but it's like a real egg, and he squeezes <laughs> it and crushes it. I don't know, is that a thing? Is that, a, did people I, do I, that? I, I thought it was an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Like, chocolate eggs. I, I don't know if... I don't know. Maybe it's an old-fashioned well, thing. Yeah, I mean, he is the son of Satan, so maybe they do it a little differently. Yeah, well, because he's the son of Satan, he feels the need to crush the egg. And and you kind of think this is going to lead to some sort of montage, but no, we're not that lucky. Instead, we get Rosemary, um, who is... Uh, I mean, the absence of Mia Farrow can be felt here, can't it? No matter how good an actress Patty Duke is. <laughs> yeah... I don't think Patty she Duke hams it up lived so up much to her potential because she she won the Oscar very young. Um, she does ham it up a lot. Yeah, she's in a scene telling uh, telling Adrian that they're going to leave, um, and then we get the opening credits with the court um, doing the conga up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, something else that's very frequent in this is chanting. Yeah, it's uh, half the film is old people chanting. Yeah, they they go up and says like Hail Satan, Hail Adrian, and then uh, we see Rosemary run running away with the with the kid, uh, whilst they do their ritual. I mean, maybe they should have checked to see if the kid was there before they started doing a ritual. <laughs> but they, you know, they start. Is this where we get the title card of the Book of Rosemary? I think so. Yeah. I think it's around this part. So the the film's essentially in three different books yeah. or or parts. Uh, this is the first part. So this, you get a title card that says the book of Rosemary. Yeah. So this is essentially Rosemary's story, um, which I mean we got a two and a half hour story for Rosemary in the first film. But anyway, so we get her uh, story anyway in this film. Uh, she's running away, and we get to see uh, another repetitive theme in this film: shaky camera. Because yeah. the cameraman cannot hold this camera still. There's more yeah, shaky camera yeah. in this than there is in the found footage film. Um, they run into a church and hide. Uh, it's a Jewish church. Synagogue. Uh, okay, that as well. That's um, what it's called. Oh, okay. Uh, and they're, uh, she's like, pray, pray, please pray. And the kid uh, runs outside and's like, it's me, it's me. Yeah, so <laughs> she's, they've ran away. No, I don't know, <laughs> I don't really get what's happened. Because no. Adrian's like eight or nine in this scene. Yeah. At a guess. So we don't know what the fuck's happened in those eight or nine years. No. Like, okay. No. But we've got to this point where Rosemary's run away with Adrian. I'm going to call him Adrian throughout. She calls him Andrew. Yeah, I don't get that. Uh, because that's the name that they were going to give 
to him, but it's the Satanists that call him Adrian. Did it really matter, though? <laughs> well, she, she, you know, I don't know, she calls him Andrew, she says, your name is Andrew, but for the purpose of not confusing ourselves, we're going to call him Adrian for a while. Spoiler alert, you get a whole chapter for both of his names. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Dave ran away in the night. Um, uh, Minnie uh, is seemingly psychic, but not very good at being psychic. Yeah. Because she can only really sense where she is, uh, where Rosemary is. Um, so, they put Adrian's bear into the pentagram to find Adrian and to call him to them. Yeah. A storm begins outside. <laughs> Whew. Uh, <laughs> and um, the bear sets on fire in the pentagram, <laughs> but it seems to work because Adrian goes outside. It's me. It's me. I'm Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> she thinks she's safe in the synagogue, but clearly, seemingly not. Uh, she goes outside, starts screaming. <laughs> Puts a cross on him. Puts a cross on him. Takes him back in. And, and uh, burns burns him. Yeah. Cross. She, she starts having it. Oh, my God. No. Um, the cross has burned a shape in his chest. Um, it feels... Now, this is something that's, that confuses me throughout the whole film. The voiceover is the people chanting. Yeah. And Rosemary is reacting as if she can hear the chanting. Yeah. So I thought for the rest of the film, whenever we got a voiceover like that, then whoever's there can hear. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not sure if that's true. But this gives the impression it, that Rosemary can hear the old people chanting. Yeah, it, it basically changes it up throughout the film to who, whoever the plot needs them to hear. Yeah. The chanting can hear it. Um, back at the court... Uh, Roman's like, oh, they're in a house of God. And Minnie's like, I told you, she's in the store. He's like, shut up. What store? <laughs> well, she thought she was in a store. <laughs> I don't, I don't get, I don't. But then, we get a hard cut to Guy Woodhouse, the father of the baby, well, Rosemary's ex, um, obviously, the father of the baby is Satan himself. But we get a hard cut to him in his swimming trunks and a really homoerotic zooming on his chest. <laughs> Whilst he's playing with something. I, I don't know, was it his ring he was playing with in this scene? Excuse me? Uh, not that ring. <laughs> his wedding ring. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I. There is some gay undertones in this film. I don't care what anybody says. There is some sort of message about homosexuality in this film. Because, I mean, not only do we get this really homoerotic shot of him in his swimming trunks, and a, a really prolonged shot on his chest, um, which was really oiled up. homoerotic? Because it is... Where's the other dude? His chest is really oiled up. Okay. It's just erotic. But, well, yeah, okay then. But then, how do you explain the relationship between Peter and Adrian? Yeah, that's that's a weird one. We'll get to that in a minute, but there is definitely something going on there. No, that is a weird one. But there's a a voiceover, isn't there, from Minnie and Roman saying, but there is someone she will try to reach. Yeah. Only one. Now, we're led to believe, obviously, that is um, Guy. Guy Woodhouse from the, his her husband. He's had some sort of deal with the devil, of course. Uh, he's making a film about his life. He's being interviewed yeah. in his swim trunks next to the pool. And in the interview, he's talking about his wife mm-hmm. and son, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Rosemary and Adrian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that... It, 
later on in the film, the plot relies on the fact that nobody knows the Adrian parents. So Guy Woodhouse, who's this big star in Hollywood now, because he's made a deal with the devil, yeah. is talking about his wife, Rosemary, mm-hmm. and his son, Adrian. But later in the film, the plot relies on the fact that nobody knows Adrian's parents or that they both died in a car accident. Yeah. Well, if, well that's fucked up. That's stupid. Well, of course it is. It makes no sense. Of course it is. But don't forget, he's not his dad. The devil no. is. No, no, I know that. But in ter- they're not going to put that on the fucking birth certificate, are no, they? No, true. Um, so in terms of two normal people, i.e. this woman interviewing him... And seemingly he's a big star and has lots of fans. Mm-hmm. They know that he has a wife and son. Yeah. I think that's just, just a case shit of writing. Messy writing. Shit writing. Well, his eyes change colour, which also makes no sense. Um, so yeah, it's meant to be that devil thing where his eyes but, light up. But then he's made his deal now, so why has he still got demonised? I, yeah, and I, I don't get it. He made his deal with the devil. They gave... He gave him Adrian. He yeah. gave them Adrian, excuse me. Um, basically sold his wife out to the yeah. devil. Um, why is he, like, featured throughout this whole fucking film? Yeah. Surely he's just like, well, whatever. I can carry on now. Well, he's made aware of the situation. They give him a call. Um, and... Speak uh, of the devil. Yeah. they <laughs> used. Yeah, he used the greatest pun ever, speak of the devil. And um, he pretends he's speaking to Rosemary and such. And uh, then we see that Rosemary is feeding Adrian on a bus. Um, some of the lovely food from the first film, is it? The uh, stuff that looks disgusting. Yeah. Um, and then after this, she goes to a phone box and calls Guy Woodhouse up. Uh, she demands that $5,000 are sent to her. And in, in a rather bizarre scene... Um, a group of kids gather around Adrian and they steal his toy car. So his eyes change colour and we see two of these kids fall over in slow motion. Uh, then Adrian and Rosemary run away in slow motion and some random woman, she uh, she offers them to go and hide in her trailer. So um, when she goes in there, she starts explaining to Rosemary that Adrian went crazy wild, her exact words. Okay, no, he never. He stood still and those two kids fell over. Yeah, but that's that's the point, though, isn't it? Yeah, but that's not him going crazy wild. As far as she knows, he just stood still. Yeah, but she, she's... Spoiler alert. <laughs> she's with the Satanists. Not yet. Not yet she's not. No, so this this is... I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, she... So when he pushes the kids over... Patty Duke runs from the phone, leaving it on. Yeah. The, uh, off the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still connected yeah. to the other line. This woman picks up the phone. That's after this. No, no. Yeah, it is. That's it before. Is. No, no, it's after. Because she says you went crazy well, and then Rosemary sends her back out to find out what oh, happened. Oh, yeah. She's like, find Ooh. out. She's like, what happened? What happened? He's like, I, I don't know. She's like, go out and find out. So she goes out. Rosemary gets a glass of milk and puts a knife behind her back. Uh, meanwhile, this woman goes to the phone, 
And they're like, Marjean, Marjean, down the phone. They somehow know who, they know her name. They know she's there. Is that if they say Marjean? Yeah. Ah, I'm confused because I swear to... <laughs> Patty Duke called her Lisa. She probably did. She probably <laughs> did. She probably called her Lisa. And I got confused because I thought her name was Lisa. So I didn't know what Marjean meant. <laughs> Yeah, so she... Oh, she, so she was always... She was she always was just, with the Satanist then. So it wasn't just the phone call. Yeah, the phone call did it. She wasn't with him at first. So if the phone call did it... Why did she hide him? With no idea. Yeah, but if the phone call did it, then if it was so easy to get Marjean on their side, why couldn't they just start chanting at Rosemary and get her on their side? I have no idea. Okay. But they, they do it to this random woman... Um, Marjean and uh, so she goes back into the trailer after this Rosemary holds a knife to her and she's like oh I didn't mean to scare you not like why are you fucking holding a knife up to me you crazy <laughs> bitch um, Marjean tells Rosemary that Adrian killed the kids by snapping their necks no he didn't that is bullshit they fell over that was it yeah um, but yeah that apparently happened and uh, she's like right I'll get you out of here come on I'll help you she shoves Rosemary on a bus. Bus drives off, and she steals Adrian. Yeah. Um. But the bus is got the chanting voices on there, of course, and uh, no one's driving it. And Rosemary's acting in a scene is fucking horrendous. It is bad. Um. But can we just acknowledge that this is a sequel to such a subtle film, and we have a bus driving itself. Yeah. 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 Rosemary's Baby is such a subtle film that when it goes there, mm. i.e. Um, when Rosemary is um, raped by the devil, yeah, it's such a shock. Whereas this film is just up to a hundred. Yeah. Uh, like, all the time. Like, there's so many bits uh-huh. that are up to a hundred that it's just uh, incomprehensible. Yeah, pretty much. And then we see Minnie, uh, well, we hear Minnie uh, discussing the new, uh, the new guinea pig. And uh, she's like, we've got a stupid hooker. Who is she? What is she? And then we get hard cut to the book of Adrian. Yeah. So the voiceover from Minnie and Roman, you get it. It's them squabbling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time. Um so oh it was Elisa I had her name down as what is it Marjean 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 yeah so Marjean is a prostitute because we're told she's a prostitute yeah. um but Roman says that Adrian needs raising in the light like the other one who was a carpenter's son <laughs> so the whole idea is that this is basically the satanic version of Jesus yeah. Um, and therefore needs to be raised the same way Jesus was in the light, rather than just shoving him in a hole and waiting for him to grow. Um, <laughs> they they have to raise him in the no- real world, the normal world. Oh, whatever, whatever it makes no like fucking sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But in, uh, in that's the end of the book of Rosemary. Yeah. And spoiler alert, that's the end of Rosemary as well. Yeah, yeah. We don't see her again. She's take, don't taken away again. on that bus. That's it. She's gone. Um, we, don't, we never get any conclusion with her, do we? Apparently, no. she's just dead. Yeah. Yeah. Many it's years. It's like the end of fucking Nightmare on Elm Street too. 
Yeah, many many years later. We don't get told how many years later this is. We've got the Book of Adrian now. This is his story. So, he's just talking about um, timeline. So, the original film, according to the novel, mm. was set in 1965. So, that means... So, let's call it 1965, <laughs> yeah. So, if he's eight or nine, mm-hmm. yeah, then that makes... The beginning, this bit that we've just seen with Rosemary, yeah. about 1973, oh, yeah, 73 was. or 4. Yeah. Now he's... 30. 30. He's coming up to his 30th birthday. So this is set in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> and if you watch the film, it certainly ain't fucking this set in 1995. Not, this is not what 1995 looked <laughs> this like. This is not. This don't even look like 1975. It looks like 1965. Yeah. <laughs> I time was... stand still. I was awful. three years old when, when it was 1995, and I probably could still make a more accurate film of what 1995 looked like. And if this is what they thought it was going to look like... Not even fucking close. Um, no, it's but it's not, though. It's so lazy. They've just been like, no, we're just going to do the fucking same. As, yeah. As we have. It's, it's... Well, they... I mean, Roman and Minnie haven't aged a day, of course. Um, no, I'm, I'm assuming that they just live live on. Yeah, I mean... Has, would you say, Margine had aged a day <laughs> since uh, five minutes ago? Yeah. Yeah, you would. No. No. <laughs> No. Um, so do they not age? Because I, I apparently Minnie, they probably should have been dead, Minnie and Roman. Oh yeah. If they'd aged normally, yeah. I mean, guys aged. He's got like grey hair, and he. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not very consistent. But we we start in nineteen ninety five um, with a bad boy doing some uh, speeding in his flashy car, and of course that bad boy is Budget David Soul playing Adrian. Yeah. So this is where it comes in. Like, I think uh, the guy who played Adrian, forgive me, I can't remember his name, was only a year younger than Patty Duke. Yeah. So this is where it comes in. Because we never see Patty Duke again. No. Um, this is her son. Yeah. Um, he's in a car with his boyfriend, Peter. Boyfriend. They are, there's definitely something going on between these two. So first of all, the cop warns Adrian that if, if he speeds one more time, he'll throw the book at him. He's completely had enough of him. Um, and uh, No, no, Adrian, so... Oh, no, they, they have a chat first, Danny, because this is when he yeah. goes back to, so his, to his house. Yeah. So you're talking about the show, you're talking yeah. about Broderick. This is, the, this, is the other, this is the other cop. The, the first cop, he just says something about this making is, him choke yeah, on his papers. Yeah, this is or, when they're pulled over. Yeah. And... Um, Peter is in the driver's seat. Yeah. And Adrian's in the passenger's seat. So what comes about is that Adrian's made Peter swap so that Peter gets the speeding ticket and essentially the points on his licence rather than Adrian. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, and Peter it, takes one for the team because yeah. he's secretly in love with Adrian. It is clearly secretly in love with Adrian, but it's 1975 and, of course, it's an unspoken thing. Um, it's a TV movie. It's a TV well. movie in 1975, <laughs> yeah. so we, you know, 1976, sorry, so we, we only get, you know, little, uh, these little hints. 
Um, but by 1995, it should have been a lot better for. <laughs> it, it made me. Um, it, it it did make me think of. Uh, I, I know this is an obvious reference, but their little relationship thing did make me think of uh, Jesse and Grady from Nightmare on Elm Street Two. Yeah. Especially coming up, this whole uh, where Adrian tries to dance with a girl thing. It's yeah, it's very similar. But um, they, Adrian calls Peter man. Yeah. And Peter says, "Don't call me man. Save that for your fans." <laughs> I didn't get the impression that he did anything. No. To no. have fans. So he I don't plays get a guitar that. a little bit. I was kind of hoping for like a musical number from him or... Well, we do get a dancing number. He would, oh, yeah, unfortunately. So, the, he goes back to his house. He lives in, a, in this brothel still. Well, it's a casino. Yeah, it was a brothel, it but it's took, a casino It took now. me a long time to realise, but it, it was a casino. Yeah. Um, so there's a band playing, like, constantly. Yeah. They never stop they playing. They never stop playing. <laughs> all hours of the fucking day. They're the most 70s band, band you'll ever playing. see. Yeah, yeah, so they're at a casino. Seemingly, he lives with a casino with Marjean now. Yeah, yeah. And Marjean's with Broderick Crawford, who plays the sheriff. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff tells him off. Yeah, he says if he speaks one more time, he'll throw the book at him. He'll throw the book at him. And, uh, and that is it. Yeah, but Marjean says to him, we understand, that's your job. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah. And Broderick Crawford, his name was probably quite high up on the cast. Yeah. Yeah. And it was probably paid a fair bit of money for him, for a minute of him telling him off. Yeah. For speeding. Basically. That was it. So, I was shocked. Sorry, I was just I was shocked. I I was genuinely quite shocked. I was like, uh, throughout the film, I was like, so when's the sheriff coming back in? Yeah. When, when no, are we he, getting that? And, and, and in fairness, I was like, when's Rosemary coming back in? She doesn't. Yeah. Um. After this, uh, after after he's told, you know, that's his job. Marjean understands. We get the most obvious exposition ever about Adrian's parents. Uh, Margie's basically like, come on, Adrian, you know your parents died in a car accident. And it's like, okay, you are literally just saying this for the audience's, you know, benefit. Yeah. But it, it's such a, the way, the way she, that has been put into the story, the way she says it, it's just so awkward. Like, it, it's so obvious she's just speaking to us, yeah. basically. But this is what makes the whole Guy Woodhouse thing earlier yeah. inexplicable. It's stupid, well, lazy writing. Adrian starts playing guitar and starts talking about how much he loves Peter. So I feel like he does play in a band. Yeah. Yeah, or sing. Well, it never comes back. But oh, it does. No, wait, does it, it does. Yes. Yes. So uh, after he basically chucks her out. Yeah. Because he's enough. They talk about his birthday. Well, first of all, he talks about Peter to her. Peter, face to face. Peter. Oh, okay. He's like, he's my best friend. He's amazing and everything. And then she's like, no, I don't like him. He's using you. Mm, wonder what he's using him for. Um, but then he... That doesn't come about either, does it? No, no. That, no. We just find out that she thinks he's... They, she hates Peter. Yeah. Um, obviously, she's a massive homophobe. So uh, he locks her out. They're not... Act- it's not actually <laughs> a gay film. It is such... A- just so people aren't confused. Okay. I say it is. It is unspoken, but it is absolutely a gay film. Yes, it's likely. It, he shuts her out of his um, out of his room. She says that his godparents have uh, something big planned. 
Oh, is yes. it his grandparents or godparents? Godparents. His godparents, yeah. Some big plan for his birthday. Yeah. But she also she says, what do you want for your birthday? And she says, do you want a new guitar? Yeah. And he's like, no, I just want to be away from here. Whatever. Yeah. But when she's chucked out, she says, oh, I wish you'd give up that ridiculous singing. Yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck you are from to buy him a new guitar then, silly bitch? <laughs> But she's shouting at him through this door. Like, she can't, like she well. can't get in. Yeah. He didn't even lock the door. As he didn't lock the door. She could have just walked straight through. So he he has to lie down on his bed. Um, and... Uh, uh, He's staring at the camera and we yeah. get a voiceover of Roman and Minnie. Yeah, like this year, Satan will come. Yeah, so I thought that he could hear them. Yeah. And he's like, Christ didn't receive his powers until his 30th year. Yeah. So they're comparing him to Jesus Christ again. Um, Adrian then puts a cross on his face. Somehow this makes him fall asleep because he has a dream sequence. More fucking chanting. Of the call and some chanting. But but then we get the impression he's not asleep because he doesn't wake up. He's just been lying there, but he's dreaming. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he dreams of birthday cake, and then it, it, yeah. it cuts to his mum at the back of the bus again, screaming for him. Yeah, and then we get some guy. Guy doesn't want to be involved with the court anymore. He's had enough of it. But why are they inviting him to the birthday party? He said, oh, you have to be here for the birthday Yeah. Why? Why? He just gave Rosemary. He's not yeah, his kid. In, in fairness, he probably did the least amount. Yeah. <laughs> why does he have to be there? Yeah. But uh, he doesn't want any involvement, but he will end up there anyway. Um, then we're back in the bar with Adrian and his lover, Peter, and uh, Adrian sees this hot-looking girl, so he's like, do you know what, I'm going to go and have a dance with her. Peter is not having any of it. Fuming. He stops him. He says, uh, what, what is it he says to him at this scene? Oh, no, he just tells me that they have to leave. Yeah. He's like, no, no, don't dance with her. We have to leave. We have to go. Um, so they go for a drive to a church, um, and... Uh, Peter tells him, go back, find yourself, it's all inside your head, get it out. We know what he's talking about there. Um, so he tells him to think about his parents, and uh, Adrian only remembers his mum, and he has a flashback to when he was a baby in the cot. Because <laughs> obviously he can remember being a baby. <laughs> So he has a flashback to his mother. Yeah. Seeing Patty Duke at the uh, at, at the cot. So he, he goes, what do you remember about your parents? My father, nothing. My mother, some things. Mm. Yeah? And then we get the flashback from the cot. But he's just had a dream about his mother at the back of the bus. Yeah. So does he not think to maybe tell Peter about that one? No, no. I remember my mum screaming because if he's having this flashback from to the cot, which nobody does, particularly at twenty nine to thirty years old, I can't remember being in a fucking cot. <laughs> Can you? No, no, no not particularly. That's stupid. Point one. Um, point two is the fact that why is he not connecting the fact that his mum was at the back of this bus screaming for him, and at the cot yeah in his flashback so that's it makes no fucking sense well it's a powerful flashback because it makes the car start itself so Adrian gets in and drives off all angry 
And uh, Peter shouts after him, Is Jekyll killing Hyde? Or is Hyde killing Jekyll? Yes. What? <laughs> so the idea is that he's deliberately putting himself in danger. I don't... I don't know. He, he's come across as just a mopey teenage. Yeah. Well, not a teenager. I mean, at 29 years old. 29 years old. should know better. Um, <laughs> 29 years old. He should know better. Uh, but, um, yeah. So he's just coming across as, like, mopey yeah. and bratty rather than anything else. So I don't... Uh, he's basically... He's basically Anakin Skywalker. He hasn't had enough character development for a, a phrase like is Jekyll killing Hyde or is Hyde killing yeah, Jekyll there's no sign of him in? there's no sign of him having a split personality no at all no not at all so lines like that are just shit really badly written yeah it's like something I would have written when I was 12 and thought I was being super intelligent yeah um, well, yeah. I mean, we get um, Minnie doing a voiceover, and she's like, "He still ain't bloodied himself yet," and uh, and then Roman goes, "He will soon." Yeah, soon. This is also a confusing point. So I don't know if so. The idea is that an act of violence will bring about his um, powers yeah. as Satan's son. Okay, I get it. I get it. If that's what you're going with, I get it. But she's saying bloodied himself. But throughout the rest of it, there's references to him having to bloody other people. Yeah, I think she's saying, though, as in himself, as in he hasn't done it himself yet. Oh, but they say bloodied instead of murdered for some reason. Because it's it's TV movie. <laughs> well, it is, though. Um Okay, but he literally TV. gets date raped later in the film, yeah, and they're allowed to show that's it up. That's true. That is true. So, um, spoiler alert, by the way. So Adrian knocks a guy off a bike and goes home. Yeah. So he's he's riding recklessly, and he's deliberately trying to piss off these three bikers, and he makes one of them fall off the bike. Yeah. He gets to a payphone. And he brings Peter. Mm-hmm. So, he's left Peter in the desert by himself <laughs> and drove off in the car. He hasn't been driving for that long. No. Gets to a payphone and brings Peter back at the <laughs> casino. Am I the only one who sees anything wrong with this? How the fuck did Peter get home? <laughs> Teleportation. And why is Peter not absolutely fucking fuming that he's been left in the middle of the desert? Because well, he loves him. I'd be still be fucking fuming. <laughs> well, bikers come back for Adrian. They're not having any of it. But Adrian's such a big bad boy. He uh, beats them all up. It's a big bad boy. Yeah, where are these? So if he if he can't get his powers until he's bloodied someone, then why is he fucking super strong? Yeah, because he was super strong as a kid as well. Where is his super strength come from? Mm-hmm. Fuck's sake. Um, I mean, after this, Peter says, uh, in a very random scene, Peter says, I always knew he was trouble, and then gets attacked by a bird. Yeah. Like, he just randomly gets attacked by a bird, and it doesn't come back. That's it. Yeah. Oh, it does. It does, because we get a very gay scene coming up. Huh? Um, 
Adrian admits, he goes to Peter, he admits that he tried to kill a man, uh, and then he, he, him and Peter want to run away together, of course, and then he tenderly holds Peter's hand, which is covered in blood, and, uh, and he wants to know what happened, and Peter gives a speech about Hal. Yeah, so he is bloodied. Yeah. Yeah, but the birds did that, it wasn't Adrian. Uh, yes, he got attacked by random birds, didn't he? Yeah. So, do you think the Satanists were behind the birds? I I honestly hope so because if not, then that is ridiculous. They control nature. Yeah. But a- Adrian, so they're gonna run away together, which which Peter uh, Adrian seems more than up for. Of course. But he needs to get something back at the casino. Yeah, he's, he's forgot something. He needs he's to get. He's forgot it. something. And then next we see Roman and Minnie turning up at the casino and Adrian's at the bar drinking a beer. Yeah. So... It's like they've missed out massive chunks of the film. It's it's really strange. Like, he goes there and then it's like he has no plan to run away. So what did he have to get from the I, casino? I don't know. I don't know. Because he's there just sipping on a beer. Peter's just at the casino as well. Yeah. Sat on a sofa watching everything mm-hmm. so what did they need to get and then Roman and Minnie turn up and they're talking to Dolly what the fuck's her name G- Gian G- Jeannie <laughs> what Marjean. is Marjean Marjean because <laughs> I've got her down as fucking Lisa or whatever it is um, Marjean and they say oh I hear you had some trouble last night and then they awkwardly tell Adrian how important <laughs> birthdays are. Yeah. And his birthday starts at midnight. <laughs> and Roman says, did I ever tell you you were conceived at midnight? <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> and Adrian doesn't think it's weird. No, no. But he found out he was conceived at midnight. Um, they give him a massive knife as a birthday present. And he asks, oh, what's this for? It's, like, uh, it's, it's a letter opener. Why the fuck do you need a knife that size to open a letter? Well, there's an ominous panning going. So they're setting up for the birthday. <laughs> and there's this really ominous pan from... Pan shot. Not a frying pan. Uh, <laughs> from a birthday cake. And everybody's setting up the table yeah. to Adrian. And it's like, uh, why is this necessary? And there's so much talk and everything in the scene. Then all of a sudden, um, Minnie just forces a drink into his mouth. Well, and Roman gives Adrian a split first. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, I don't drink so much because of my liver, but I'll, I usually have one of these and gives him a yeah. split for his birthday. Then Minnie forces a drink into his mouth and says it's full of prunes and leftovers. Um, mm. Adrian likes a drink, so he keeps drinking it. And Pete's doing a bit of spying, and as soon as Guy Woodhouse comes in, because... Guy Woodhouse is going to the party now. He, he wants to be a part of the court now, apparently. So he walks in with his uh, assistant. And uh, Peter walks over to him. He's like, oh, hi, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. Um, you, uh, you should see our singer, Adrian. You might want to help him out. So what, so what it is, is, is Guy turns up and he's with... He's with his bodyguard, but yeah. seemingly the bodyguard is is a Satanist as well. Yeah, yes. Um, and uh, Marjean. That was that was their gift to him. Uh, that yeah. guy was their gift to him. So Marjean goes up to Guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
and he sends she goes away and says oh I'll tell them our loving surrogate father has arrived and Peter overhears this and overhearing that one sentence suddenly Peter knows the plot of the film yeah um because he's really suspicious mm. and he's really suspicious for the rest of this part of the film and he goes to, to Guy and he's asking him loads of questions and getting in his face to Adrian yeah. our singer Adrian and he's like he, he might need your help he's trying to like give him some sort of code that he's in trouble yeah um, but what, what what the fuck does Peter know yeah from that one sentence surrogate father yeah, so what, what the fuck does that Peter mean? gets a lot of knowledge in this film and I, I don't know where it all fucking comes from no. it, it's it's very badly put together um, Roman wants a uh, guy to attend Adrian at midnight uh, an actual sentence yeah at film. midnight if Adrian is deemed worthy uh, year one will begin a new age of darkness yeah so they start putting makeup on Adrian they put red dots on his eyes and white face paint on him. And then he looks like the guy from... Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home. He does, he does. He looks like a mime artist or a shit kiss tribute act. Yeah, this could be a prequel to Home Sweet Home. Could be. Um, and they're all like, hail Hadrian, hail Satan. More chanting. And, and so on. Storm begins outside, doesn't it? Yeah, Adrian tries to sit up but keeps falling back down. Um, Storm blows the candles out. Yeah. And then uh, Minnie says, that didn't take. I told you it wouldn't. He hasn't bloodied anyone. And uh, a guy tries to kill Adrian, but it was a test. Yeah. I don't know why that is in here. So the, the whole idea is that if it didn't take or he didn't get his powers, then they would just kill him. So they've given Guy the knife to kill Adrian... And they stop him at the last second and say that it was just a test. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that means. Um, but then Adrian rises up and it's intercut with the uh, very 70s band playing downstairs. And they're just looking straight to the camera. Yeah. Um, the, the the retro band. Yeah. So. 1995. Uh, apparently, yeah. Uh, being the son of Satan and uh, reaching your 30th birthday means uh, you become a dancer. <laughs> yeah. he, he walks downstairs, goes onto the stage. The band don't stop. They don't make anything weirds going on. And he starts dancing with them. Yeah, and everyone else is dancing. Yeah, plus there's some moves. The Satanists have now taken off their cloaks and they've got their normal clothes on. Yeah. And they're watching from the sidelines behind these bars. Having a great time. Peter's watching. Yeah. We get uh, lots of close-ups of dancing Adrian. Yeah, he's put a mask on the back of his head now. And then the Satanist thinks they've won. Yeah, because he's dancing. uh, This I found very confusing because he was dancing, but people were dancing with him Mm. because all the people were possessed by his dancing. No idea. Everyone apart from Peter. Yeah, Peter starts unplugging the band's equipment, but it doesn't work. They're still playing. Um, we get some slow-mo dancing, and then, uh, Peter goes outside, finds Guy there, Guy's on his way out, and, uh, he has a fight with him, and, uh, Guy picks up a power line that is far down from, uh, from above, and electrocutes Peter, but all this does to Peter is it makes it him stand does. still against the window, he um, just, he looks like that episode of The Simpsons, 
where Mr. Bur- everyone thinks Mr. Burns an alien. Okay. Do you remember that one? No. Where he, like, omits his own light. <laughs> and, like, his arms are raised and everything. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he just stands there. Just stands there being electrocuted. Adrian sees this. His face freezes. And that's it for the book of Adrian. We now get the book of Andrew. Yeah, so this is the third part of the film. And this is an hour in, and by this stage, it's the weirdest experience. I feel like I've been put into their fucking court chants and whatever, because it it felt like the film had flown by. It, it felt like it had gone so fast, but it also felt like it had been on for hours. I couldn't yeah. explain it. It was really weird, and I, I didn't have a clue what's going on by this point. I, I still don't have a clue what happened. Like... There's no point to any of this. None of it makes any sense. No, I needed a bit of a break during this part. It felt draining. And, and a spoiler film. alert, the next half hour doesn't get any better. No, even more confusing. So he's at a, an asylum for the clinically insane now. And, uh, but that's not revealed to us. No, not just yet, but that's where he is. Yeah, so he um, wakes up in a hospital. There's a nurse, <laughs> so he's being wheeled, or, or is he being wheeled somewhere? Yeah. Oh, no, the nurse and the doctor are looking over him, and the nurse says, your aunt is dead, your friend too. <laughs> you're all alone. And, he's, and the and, doctor's and, like, don't say that to Jesus, him. She's like, you're all alone, your aunt's dead, your friend's dead. He's like, Jesus, don't say that to him. That's a bit harsh, isn't it, and, to wake uh, up to? Yeah. So am I assuming that Marjean was his, uh, pretended to be his aunt? Yeah. Did we get that previous to this no, moment? absolutely not. No, apparently that was his mum. But no. No, we actually got nothing. We got nothing about her. Yeah. Because he doesn't say Aunt Marjorie, no. does he? He doesn't say her name either. So you don't know. Oh, fuck's sake. So apparently he was injured in a freak storm. Yeah, um, With that dancing, it certainly was a freak storm. Yeah. Um, Adrian, he's now, in, he's now in this clinic and he wants to be called Andrew. Yeah, so he was injured in a freak storm and left comatose. Yeah. We're not told for how long. No. So potentially this could be this 1997. Could be, this could be 2005 now, yeah. for all we know. Who knows? And the nurse says you're listed as Adrian. Why do you want to be called Andrew? And he doesn't know why he no, wants to he be called know. Andrew. He doesn't know. He doesn't want to give a surname either. No, it's just Andrew. So he's wired up to a machine now. Um, he's talking about that night. Um, yeah, some Peter flashing died. light therapy to help him remember. Yeah, he's got cotton wool buds on his head. Um, he does. And then we see Guy, who's sitting poolside with uh, Minnie and Roman. And uh, Minnie's like, I came all the way out here. I want to meet Charlton Heston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that. <laughs> Adrian randomly oh this is amazing so he has this tag on him now with his name on and apparently it's got a tracker in it and he just innocently walks out of his room he's not trying to escape or anything and because he walks out of his room these guards just pound on him and just beat him up what confused me is that he walked out so he was trying to get the attention of the doctor yeah and walked out the room that's all he wanted to do and then an alarm went off the moment (laughs) the alarm went off he started trying to run and escape (laughs) And then the two orderlies catch up with him and start punching him. <laughs> it's almost like even it was in the middle of that scene. It's like, oh, do you know what? I think this will work better here. What if I try to escape? And then he stopped trying to beat him. They beat him up. Like, essentially, they do beat him up. Yeah, and then uh, and the next minute, it's like, no, no, why? And he's strapped to a bed. 
Then that's when the nurse reveals he's in a state hospital for the criminally insane. Uh, reveals he's being done for murder. Yeah, because his, his fingerprints, fingerprints are on the cable that killed Peter. Yeah, uh, they're on his, Peter's death wire. Um, the records uh, show that all of his relatives are dead. Uh, and <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but Adrian's like, I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you my life story if you let me out of it. And she's like, okay. So they escape. Yeah. <laughs> they fucking escape. Like, she doesn't need persuading or anything. He doesn't even tell her his life story. And they just escape. What yeah, the fuck? But she's, she's in on it, isn't she? Yeah, but she isn't at first. No, she is. Yeah, but then even so, don't make it that obvious. Yeah, that is like, a weird she, one. There's no no persuasion. The, the, the thing, yeah, the thing that... Can be, because Minnie and Roman, via another fucking um, voiceover, <laughs> say that... Oh, well, he has his father's way with persuasion, like the devil. Yeah. Well, they know that's not true. I mean, is that his way of persuasion, saying he'll tell his life story? I have no idea. So, they, they know he's escaped, and Guy's panicking. He's like, oh, shit, he's going to come and kill me. Yeah. Well, guys, um, they say, oh, what we require now is the temporary use of his organ slash potty. <laughs> Which Why? essentially means his willy. Yeah. It's, they just... Uh, they just yeah, leave, yeah, yeah. 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 So, Roman and Minnie, they leave Guy. Um, he's like, oh, oh, please don't do this to me. Don't do this. Don't do what? I, I, I have no idea. They get in a taxi, leave, and Minnie's like, creep, fiend. And that's it. They're gone. Um, and But whilst they're in a taxi, they openly discuss murder. They don't give a shit that there's a taxi driver in there. They're like, oh, yeah, he's probably going to come and murder him. Yeah. Um, yeah, to try and kill Guy. Yeah, so Adrian and the nurse, they go to a motel um, uh, where the place where Guy is staying. And um, and Guy, in the meantime, he's talking to a silent assistant for a bit. That scene goes absolutely nowhere. Uh, Adrian and the nurse, they get their motel room and the nurse is talking about places they can run away to after they have to meet him and breaking him out. Yeah, well, Adrian's like, I need to find him, i.e. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Rosemary. Yeah. So... <sighs> no, don't try and make sense of it. Okay. Um... <laughs> Uh, the nurse... Because he doesn't know who Rosemary is. He just knows the name Rosemary. Yeah. Doesn't he? He just knows her name. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why he knows her name, but he yeah. does. Where's this Rosemary come from? Um, so, the nurse, in one of the most shocking scenes of the film, date rapes him. Yeah. She slips yeah. him into his drink, uh, starts undressing him, uh, puts a little bit of red something on his chest, whatever it is. And she starts doing a monologue about needing a new baby. Um, yeah. So, uh... Yeah, yeah. So she... We get very TV movie sexuality, don't we? Because uh-huh. she's just dressed in a, a, a sexy dress. Yeah. And, yeah, starts to undress him, date rapes him, essentially. Um, we see... Adrian in a desert and he gets uh, his chest scratched by crows. Which, yeah. Yeah, well, no, it's not. No. So, she she says you can't force things. 
that was the problem with Rosemary. So she says that the person that needs impregnating needs to know what's happening. Yeah. Which is her. Mm-hmm. And that was the problem with Rosemary. <laughs> which is she's actually got a point, to be fair, because if that if the original film had done that, then we wouldn't have had this shit sequel. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a new, new seed must be grown so as Adrian sort of I don't know he sort of sleeps during this he, he has one of his He's awake dreams out. yeah one of his awake dreams um, he, he wakes up and leaves a motel he imagines that he's tied up in a desert yeah and it's a harpy is it so yeah so it's actually the nurse Dressed up as a harpy. Okay. Which is like a winged woman. Mm-hmm. And it comes down. It doesn't last very long. It lasts about five seconds. So I think this this is your TV film version of the original films. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, raped by the devil. Mm-hmm. And it's shit. Yeah. It looks shit. Has no impact at all like no, the original did. absolutely not. Um, Adrian leaves the motel. A car's, a car's driving on its own, so he thinks... Runs over the nurse in a very yeah. fast scene. You can't really see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, dark as well. It's hard to see. Yeah, but it's trying to run over the car's trying to run over Adrian. Yeah, um, the nurse for some reason goes outside to watch all of this, um, but she stood way too far out. Then, then's necessary. She could have just been at the door. Yeah, um, so Mrs. Adrian and knocks her over. Um. After this, the police arrive, and uh, Adrian's like, yeah, look inside, there'll be no one in there, there'll be no one in there. He inexplicably says to the police, because the police get there very quickly, uh, she tried to stop it, but she couldn't. The coven killed her. <laughs> There's no one driving. <laughs> what? Well, she yeah. didn't. She didn't try to stop for call. Like, he's just escaped from a mental asylum, and he's decided to say all this to the police. Not the most clever But it move. makes no sense. Um, they opened the car door, and it was actually Guy. Good old Guy Woodhouse was driving. He's dead now. Yeah, he's dead at the wheel. Um, police arrest Adrian. For uh, some reason. But they tried to arrest him, but because, as we all know, he's a badass, so he Super fights strong. him. He has a fight with him, then he runs away. Uh, as he's running away, we get uh, Rosemary telling a story about fairy godfathers close up on Adrian's face. Um, and then we switch to Minnie and Roman having a chat with a doctor. Uh, and they have a granddaughter on the way and uh, the nurse is pregnant. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. They, they, no, they cut to... So you get a voiceover from Rosemary as Adrian's running away. Mm-hmm. She's retelling the story that we heard on the fucking bus. Yeah. At the start of the film. Um, I hate when films do these shit fairy tale or shit stories that encompass everything that's in the plot of the film that we're watching, but the story itself is shit. <laughs> I yeah. hate it. I hate when films do that. Um, so, as this is one of the shittest films I've ever watched, we get that shit twice. Then he's... I'm assuming he's just run away now. Um, hopefully we never get a sequel to this. Hopefully so not. Good rinse to him. Uh, so we cut to Minnie and Roman, and they're in a doctor's office and being told that their granddaughter is fine. Yeah. And uh, Minnie says, oh, but she was hit by a car. It's a miracle that she survived and that her baby survived. 
she's pregnant. We cut to the nurse. And a painting of a bald guy. And then a weird painting just behind her mm-hmm. is what the film decides to focus on at the end. Yeah. And that's it. Oh, we get a childbirth scene during the end credits. Yeah. And that's, that's it? It's like still Stills of it. Yeah. of a baby being born in hospital shit. And that's it. That's uh, look what's happened to Rosemary's that baby. Is, look what's happened what to Rosemary's baby. What did happen to Rosemary's I baby? I have no clue. I have absolutely no idea. So he he got a career as a singer. He did a bit of dancing and uh, ran away. Essentially. Got a nurse pregnant after he was date raped. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can just to conclude on this film. I I don't know if you got my feelings um, throughout (laughs) our telling of the story. Uh, This is actually one of the worst things I've ever watched. It is an hour and a half of my life that I won't get back. I... Oh, oh my God. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Somebody disagrees with me. I can honestly tell you to never watch this film. Don't watch it. We've watched some shite on this podcast would you say this is worse than the beast of bunny this come on remember how painful that was we couldn't even fill an hour talking about it yeah but this is unforgivable this is unforgivable Uh, the beast of bunny was awful and i would say don't watch the beast of bunny but this is unforgivable because even if they just rehashed the first film it could have been passable yeah but they've taken something great and shat on it yeah and then eaten that shit and shat it out again. <laughs> Pretty much. It's terrible. And I would honestly tell anyone who's listening to this, there are bad films that are fun to watch, and I'd say go out there and watch them. Do not watch this film. It is not worth watching. It is not fun. It's confusing. It's awful. Don't watch it. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> I genuinely this is in my top 10 worst just worst film just bad 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 films it's badly acted and from some great actors as well so I don't it's know not even manage that. it's not even well made it's not well made the plot makes no sense yeah you know the dialogue is awful mm-hmm. it's you know it's a follow up to Rosemary's Baby and Rosemary isn't even in half the film yeah. Like, what, what are you doing? Shit. Awful. So that's... looks what <laughs> Look what's happened to Rosemary's baby. Um, what, this is actually a double episode week. So Friday we've got Original versus Remake coming up. Would you like to explain what we are talking about? Yes. So it's my choice this time. And we are talking about Nosferatu. So we're going to be comparing the original Nosferatu from... F.W. Murnau from the 1920s, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we'll be comparing that to Werner Herzog's 1979 remake, uh, Nosferatu, starring uh, Klaus Kinski. Yeah, so it should be good, hopefully. Yeah. So we'll be discussing two good films I've never seen either no I haven't seen either yet so it's going to be interesting we've seen plenty of Dracula films Mm -hmm. uh, plenty of vampire films so I thought this was a really good one to uh, sink our teeth into (laughs) speak of the devil 
trying to outpun look what's happened to Rosemary Baby. Mm. So if uh, you are unfortunate enough to have seen look what's happened to Rosemary's Baby, if you've seen Nosferatu original or remake, let us know what you think to any of the above on our social media. We are Horacle Trash over on Facebook and Instagram, Horacle Trash on Twitter. Uh, leave us a rate review and subscribe if you're feeling generous on iTunes uh, like and follow on everything else I'm Gazmo 205 on Instagram GazCruise92 on Twitter and DelightGaz92 on Letterboxd I am ChrisBarker823 on Letterboxd Instagram and Twitter and until Friday Hail Satan Hail Adrian Bye